You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found with at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. Hey everyone, before we get into this uh, great episode with Brent Thomas from the Paranormal Portal, um, we want to thank our newest Patreon member, Andrea. She is a huge fan. She especially loves our uh, Ozark Howler episodes. Uh, So for anybody listening to this, because since it's a regular Friday episode, if you haven't caught one of our midweek howls, Jason, what do you think? You check it out. Check it out. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. I, I believe that it'll uh, it'll your, give you a little entertainment <laughs> and get you through the hump day, so you can finish your week strong. Do not bring your children. Yes, do not bring your children to the to the midweek howl. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, if you would like to join Andrea and being a Patreon, you can just 
Go to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash From the Shadows Podcast. Yeah. And listen to me, the judge, on a very special episode of Cryptid Court. Cryptid Court. All rise. All rise. (laughs) Yeah, there's Cryptid Court. There's a special Ozark Howler episode every month. Yeah, every month. And then there'll be a new episode of uh, the Cryptid Court. uh, uh, Read to you by the judge. We've got a January episode coming up pretty quick. Yeah, and uh, there'll always be... Listener episode. Listener episode where we hear something from you, the listeners, who choose to put it out there. Share a little And story. we uh, really enjoy it. Yeah. That's uh, only for our Patreon. And soon in the near future, we'll be having, uh, we have a ghost hunting division uh, investigation, uh, paranormal investigation, and uh, we'll be uh, putting some things out there for that just for our Patreon subscribers. And if you happen to need some Epicac syrup around the house and don't have any, you can check out Jerry's OnlyFans page. <laughs> that will okay on that guaranteed note. to <laughs> on the, make you sick. On that note, uh, we hope you enjoy the uh, the upcoming episode. We'll get out of here now. But thanks, Andrea, for uh, joining the Patreon family. And uh, on with the episode. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Shane Grove, and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. And with me... As almost always, is the judge. Greetings. So lame. Oh, I was trying to do. I was trying to do Edmund Dantes from uh, from Count of Monte Cristo. Oh God! When no, he comes what? down from the balloon. What? Oh my God! <laughs> it's, one, it's, one, it's one of my favorite movies. So <laughs> it was lost on you. It was lost. I think it was lost on about ninety nine. Jason knew it. He looked at me, and gave me a wink. He's like, Ah, Edmund Dantes. You 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 sign his paycheck. He has to give you a wink, no matter what it is. Hey. <laughs> and also joining us is Jason, the producer. Jason, what's up? Salutations, everybody. I'm yeah. doing good. How about you, Shane? All right. All See, right. I'm going to wink at him because that's the reference to Charlotte's Web. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, gosh. Well, welcome, everybody, to the literary uh, corner here in, right. uh, from Crawford County, Ohio. <laughs> we're very well read. Yeah, we're very well read. Charlotte's Web and the Count of Monte Cristo. Where's my Mad Magazine? In various comic books. <laughs> Let's throw that in I there. I thought you were a big fan of Cracked. <laughs> so, before we go any further to the left of center, we want to welcome, and we're super excited because we're really like, have you ever heard of outkicking your coverage? You know, like when you... Oh, yeah. You, you, like you, you date a girl, it's way too pretty for you. Yeah. So, we're, our guest is way too big or important well-known for us. Uh, we have Brent Thomas with us, the host of the Paranormal Portal. Brent, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was quite an intro, man. I want to hire you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can do that and balloon animals. <laughs> so oh, perfect. You know, any, party, awesome. any party you need me to attend, I can give you an intro <laughs> and entertain the kids. That's right. Well, that was, so, yeah, that was a hell of an intro. We are super excited to have Brent on and... Uh, you know, the, the thing about our, our show is we try to get into a lot of diverse subjects. And, and so about every second or third episode, we might have a, you know, we might have a cryptid. But tonight mm-hmm. we're going to go into a different area of the paranormal and the unknown. So excited to hear his experiences. I'm excited to share them with you. Thank you guys for having me on. That's awesome. So, so how did you become the host of one of the biggest 
paranormal podcasts around. No, you said that wrong, Shane. It's one of the biggest and the best, okay? Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, the best in there. Jeez. Jeez. You know, get it right. Really, <laughs> first of all, I'd have to correct you. I don't believe that we're that big, but I really appreciate that. Uh, the accolades you guys are raining on me here, but um, it's getting bigger. I mean, all the time. It's It started out as just a... Uh, an idea that I had, and I used to work in marketing, and I, I had a, a gentleman that's contracted to the company I was with. And I was like, hey, you know, I'd like to do a, a paranormal show because he also he also owned a Truth Frequency Radio. His name is Chris Geo, mm. and uh, uh, he and I were cool, get great friends. And and I just pitched him the idea, and I was like, you know, I'd like to do the show. And it was funny because, honest to God, the show came preformed. It was like. It was like I just pulled it out of the ethers. I said, I want to call it the paranormal portal. I want to do this, 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 and this. He's like, yeah, it sounds great. Why don't you come on and we'll do it? So it started out as an internet radio show on TFR. And uh, I did that for about six, eight months. And then I started incorporating the YouTube streaming into it. And uh, we we were on TFR and YouTube uh, you know, continually. And it was <laughs> the, the podcast didn't come around until Wes Germer reached out to me on my show. He called in one time and, you know, just out of the blue and I was blown away because I was a big fan, you know, it was like, uh, you know, one of my bucket list moments, but he called in and talked to us and it was a lot of fun. And Tony Merkel called in too from the confessionals and uh, we just had a great time talking to those guys at different points. And, and then Wes email, messaged me on Facebook. He goes, why isn't this a podcast? Now <laughs> it was just like, uh, I don't know. Hey, for the record, nobody yeah. ever called in as big as Wes Germer or Tony Merkel, and nobody ever messaged me and said, "Man, you guys should be doing a podcast." So, so I go. So we, we, we did receive a cease and desist letter. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's, Which that's is why Jason's too. numbers from Las Vegas. <laughs> gotcha. That explains a lot. <laughs> but so so I just had the you know the, talking with Wes and he obviously is a longtime podcaster and he really he really has been a mentor to me and kind of walked me through how to set it up how to you know how to how to do it how uh, you know and, and I, I pitched some companies and and we signed with Revolver and uh, we've just been going at it ever since. Nice. So as a as a kid and and then Grover and I you know our genesis for our podcast is. You know, we had both experienced things as in our younger years. Myself, I had a dogman encounter. Grover had Oof. some. Oh, it's terrifying. But uh, Grover had some things happen to him, and Jason always wanted to have something happen to him. Are we uh, counting me getting married as being a parent? Oh. <laughs> in your case, the first one. The first one. First okay. one. <laughs> but uh, so, so we, as we were kids, you know, we had these things that happened to us, and, and there wasn't there was zero form or, or mm -hmm. platforms or researches abilities. And so we talked about it. We talked about it. We said, Hey, why don't we, why don't we start a podcast? Not only for us to tell our stories, but to allow other people to come on and tell their stories. And, and one of the driving mm -hmm. forces was that, uh, you know, I am, I am actually a judge. I'm elected official. And I said, you know, if I have the courage to come forward and say, Hey, this happened to me and I know what happened and stuff like that, that it would encourage other people who maybe were reluctant to tell their stories because of being ridiculed or embarrassed or, you know, for whatever reason that they'd come and we've called this from the shadows, you know, from the shadows mm -hmm. and, uh, and tell your side of the story. So when you were a kid or when you were a younger person, did you have any paranormal experiences that, that, that really drove you to the subject matter? You know, I can't remember ever not being uh, in love with the whole subject matter of the paranormal ghosts and, and monsters and stuff. I, you know, in my earlier years, 
I, I really thought I wanted paranormal experiences, but I, I had nothing happen through my early childhood that I recall. And I, I would go to the library as a little kid. This is a small town library in, you know, um, southern Minnesota. And I would just, you know, go to the, you know, try to find all the paranormal books I could, ghosts, hauntings, movie monsters, everything I could get my hands on. But there was no internet back then. So it was just kind of yeah. me and this, this idea. I, I've always loved the idea that we don't have this all sorted out. But there's so much more going on here that we just don't understand. And I, you know, I, it kind of overrides that hubris of, you know, well, we, you know, the world is, is mapped and cataloged. It's already done. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, it isn't. I love the world of discovery and mystery and, and that there's still these, these treasures out there to be discovered. And uh, um, I didn't really have any experience that I recall until I was about 14. And that was when I, I had the, the, what I believe was a Sasquatch behind me growling. You know, because uh, and I can share that if you want, or we can you know go on to something else. But oh no, we gotta hear it now. You gotta get a tease. I mean, look, he's name dropping Wes, and now he's name dropping Sasquatch. Like, no, I had I mean, this situation, yeah. but we don't have to talk about it. Well, it's a story. I don't have to share any of the money. <laughs> so tell us. So you're 14 years old, and you think you have an experience with Sasquatch, and that's sort of your your jumping off point. So what happened? So what was going on is I lived where I lived in Minnesota was budding right up to a, a state park in southern southeastern Minnesota, right along the Mississippi River. And I'd been in these woods my my whole childhood and and never had anything weird happen, never even noticed anything weird. Wouldn't even have you know known what to do if I had. But there was never anything out of the blue, uh, you know, or out of the ordinary. I mean to say. But um, I was up hiking up this bluff in a summer day when I was uh, 14 and my friend was with me. He was 15. Um, and we were hiking down the bluff, and I think bluff is a common term, but I've, I've talked to some people like, what's a bluff? Now, a bluff <laughs> is like a, a small mountain, just so you know, just so you understand. Um, and we're, we're up there and grouping around, and, and it got later in the day. You don't want to come down the, the bluff during the night because it's all forest, and you know, you're just going to be feeling your way. I've done that as well as a side note, and that's no fun. But um, we decided to head down, and we're down, going down this, this uh, dry run. It's only a melt-off run where you know spring melt-offs have curved, you know, carve this creek bed or stream bed that's only active during the springtime but we're walking down this and we get to this point that's like a waterfall it's about an eight foot drop and you know we're taking a break we stop and take a break and we're looking at the at the the creek bed ahead of us kind of plotting our course and suddenly from right behind us comes this incredible amazingly deep and and profound growling I mean, it was right behind us, and I don't. We didn't see anything coming down. We didn't see anything going in, and, and suddenly it's right behind us. Now, I'm here to tell you, gentlemen, I felt this as much as I heard it. My my body was vibrating. You know, and, other people have described that. You know, that the, the the guttural growl that you not only do you hear, uh, but you feel it, like you feel it. Yeah, Mike it was described horrible. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, but I was standing there, and and I was frozen. Now, I, I hear people talk about I couldn't move. I was like frozen. I mean, I could have moved, but whatever was making that sound in my mind was going to kill me. And the one thing that I was going to take away from it was I didn't see it coming. I didn't have to see it coming. You know, so I was just frozen. I didn't dare move. Whatever made that sound was so imposing. Now, this is southern Minnesota. The biggest thing I ever saw in all of my childhood and all my years growing up was a white-tailed deer, and they don't growl. 
There's no bear in there. There's no cougars. There's no anything no that wolves? should be able to make that. Yeah, nothing. And northern Minnesota, yeah, but this is southern Minnesota. Maybe coyotes, but I've heard plenty of uh, you know dog and, and coyote yeah. yips and stuff. Nothing like this before. And I, I, we just froze. We were just standing there, out, unable, you know, unwilling to move. And finally, I said to my friend, I said, "What is that?" He said, I don't know, but we need to get the hell out of here. And we literally ran down this creek bed of hopping boulders and, and just went. They say you're not supposed to run, but, you know, it's it's like everything else. you got two responses, fight or flight. Whatever made that sound, I, I knew was not in my fight category. So the only thing left was <laughs> how, how close I mean, run. If, if you could, and, and look, I know we're, we're maybe asking a lot, how many feet away do you think it was? It sounded like it was like about eight feet behind me and about mm. four feet or more higher than me. And mm. I don't know how the hell it, it got there. I don't know where it came from. I never did see it. So I'm carrying this in my in my lifetime, all my life, you know, carrying this idea that there was something that growled in a growl that I couldn't even, you know, conceptualize. And uh, outside of the fact, having experienced it, it wasn't until, you know, maybe a decade or, or 15 years ago when I really started researching Bigfoot hard and heavy, I started looking for, you know, seeing the signs that people attribute to them. And I went back up into those woods and I started finding things like tree breaks and, uh, uh, you know, these weird uh, structures and stuff. And it was like, oh, my God. And suddenly it put a, it put a, 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 you know, kind of an identifier to it. Now, I can't say it was Sasquatch, but I can't imagine it was anything else. Holy moly. Yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, that's a I lot mean, that's... different than the guy that's driving down the road and he sees something cross the road and he thinks is, I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, my, and, and I'm not going to get into my dog me encounter. Our listeners have heard that enough. But, but when you are out in the middle of nowhere, and there's no mm-hmm. escape. There's just no escape unless you just run. Um, it's right. just terrifying. It's just terrifying. And we were about the same age. I was about 15. Um, mm. it, it's just, it, it, it changes you forever. And, and then, you know, like you said, we, we didn't have internet. There was no frame of reference, you know, for me. Right. So you create, right. you start this journey of what was it? How did I really escape from it? And things Why like that. I thought I was done peeing my pants. Yeah, I you know. yeah. thought they were through with that yeah. phase, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it'll bring it all back in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, uh, I I knew I got a you know, full disclosure. I knew what Bigfoot was even back then, because right. Leonard Leonard Nimoy told me on In Search of it was oh, yeah. a monster in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. not in Minnesota. Yeah, you not know? southern Minnesota. See that, yeah. You know, Grover yeah. and I we we've told we said this many times when we were kids. You know, the the the, the things that the, the reference points that you had was Leonard Nimoy's In Search of. Mm-hmm. In scholastic yeah. books. When we were scholastic in school, books, yeah. when we were in elementary school, every so many weeks you'd get this, you know, flyer from scholastic books and you could pick out, you know, books from it. And, and God bless my parents. They, they, they didn't buy me a lot of toys and different things like that. But if I ever mm-hmm. asked for a book, they bought it. And I remember always going through the scholastic books and I'd put a check mark by the books that I wanted. And it was always something mm-hmm. had to do with Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. And so for oh. my, and, and the thing is, Grover's one year behind me in school. We went to the same school, played high school sports together. But mm-hmm. he was doing the same thing I was. We just didn't know it. He was buying the books that, you know, the cryptids, the, the UFO stuff, the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. Yeah. And so it's one of these things that we've always thirsted for more information and, and and the creation of podcasts nowadays are awesome because you can just sit around all day and listen to podcasts we would be remiss if we did not include the weekly world news oh. in this because 
I mean, that was that was like a like a new Bible every week when we yeah. went to the grocery store. Mom, can I have a dollar to buy that? Yeah. yeah. Good thing she didn't really know what I was buying. She just you know, <laughs> shut me up. So you weren't getting a, awesome. a, a, a subscription to Grit Magazine. Remember Grit Magazine? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Country Outdoor Living, Grit Magazine. Is that how they sold that? That's what it is. I looked it up the other day. It came in my mind, and I was like, well, did that thing even still exist? And I looked up, and it does. It's, it's, I mean, just name a magazine after food that's really not very good. Dude, they started that magazine in 1882, and it is still going strong, if you can believe that. Wow. Good old American. I know. Good American country living. I don't think yeah. they probably ever had anything about Sasquatch in there, so I probably would have never bought it. <laughs> so, so you have your Sasquatch experience, and and you know you are a like minded individual like me, Grover and Jason. You want to know more. You want to know more. You want to know more. So, other than your Sasquatch experience, did you ever have anything else? UFOs or ghosts or anything else? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got an amazing. UFO experience, um, and, and this was actually only about six, seven years ago. Uh, all my life, I've been open-minded to the fact that you know there's something out there. There's there's just way too much space. There's people seeing stuff, and I was always looking at the sky my whole life. I've always been looking at the sky, and uh, I finally saw one. Want to hear about it? Yes. Well, why? Yes. Oh, geez. Here we go. <laughs> Proceed. Why don't you just talk to us off the air, <laughs> so nobody has you to can. listen to it? Write us a note. See, write it. Just see, that write, was write that was the buildup, guys. That was the buildup. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. So so the story goes. I was um it was right up here in the area I'm living in. Uh, I live in the northern tip of Idaho, about a about an hour drive from the Canada Canadian border, and uh, I was up here because uh, a company I used to work for had their headquarters up here. Uh, and I had to travel up here to, you know, to do, uh, I usually work remotely, but they had a big meeting coming up. So I had to come up here and, and be a part of that. And uh, so I came up and, and the company owner, he said, look, I've got this, his wife and he had bought a, a cabin up in the woods, a really nice cabin. And they were, had all this construction work done on it and made it into what was going to be their home. But they weren't staying there yet. He said, it's all ready. Rather than buy your hotel room, you want to go stay up in the mountains in that cabin. And I said, sure. And he took me up and, you know, kind of familiarized me with the place and such. And I was like, cool, you know, it'd be neat to be staying up in a mountain, you know, up in the mountains all by myself. That'll be kind of fun. So uh, during the time when he was showing me around, he showed me these night vision binoculars that he had. And I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. Because, you know, I, I know that most of the stars in our in our solar system are, are red stars. And you don't see them with your naked eye. But if you, you know, apparently what I had heard is if you look at the night sky in infrared, you won't even recognize constellations. There's so many more stars in the sky. And it's absolutely crazy. So I was like, yeah, you know, so I went through the meetings and stuff. I ended up driving back up there alone uh, that night. And I got up there and uh, got in the house and got all settled. It was, you know, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's literally, it, the house is built on one side of a valley. And so there's the, you know, descending from the house that's on one side of the valley is a creek uh, on the bottom about uh, 150, 200 yards, maybe 300 yards away. And then it rises up to the mountainside across. So I've got these night vision binoculars. And, and I'm like a kid because I never, you know, I've, I've seen night vision binoculars. And I had our, our, our uh, local um a uh, uh, national guard had an open house one time and I could use them in this little room. And I was like, I was really having a ball. So I'm, I'm out there with night vision binoculars and they're only four, four power. So they're not really, really magnifying much, just a little bit. And I'm looking at the night sky and no kidding. If you ever get the chance, I mean, I really encourage it, especially if any of you out there are, are uh, star watchers. So like I look at the night sky, 
he had a pair of night vision uh, goggles, binoculars, monocle, whatever, and check out the night sky like that. You won't believe it. Um, but it was just uh, a blaze with all these lights. And it's way out in the middle of nowhere, so there's no light pollution or anything else. It's just a pristine, amazing night sky. You can see a hell of a lot of night sky without anything as well. Um, there was a little bit of ambient light, like a sliver of moon, and, and it, was, it wasn't like pitch black, but it's very dark. And uh, it was late spring, as I recall. And I was up there looking at this nice guy, and I started paying around because now I want to see what can I see with these things. And I'm looking at the opposite uh, side of the mountain going up, and I can see all the trees and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm playing around to see what I can see. And I look on the, on the side of the, of, the, of the valley that I'm on. I look down the driveway all the way down. It was, you know, without any aid, it's just this black mass but with the night vision i could see all the way down the drive i was like wow this is amazing and then i panned up and i'm panning up this huge uh, conifer like a like a ponderosa pine or something and it's about 100 150 yards away from me and it goes up 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 and i get to the top of it i'm panning i'm glad i'm looking at some more stars but i get about 30 feet above that and there right above this tree is no kidding a huge flying saucer just sitting there and it's, it's it's amazing. It's like the the two pie plates, you know, the you know basically the flying saucer that everybody is familiar with, except it was different. There was a, you know, the two plates didn't come together at a point. They came close, but then there was these panels in between the the upper and the lower, and these panels were flashing light around them. I'm like, oh my god! And it, you know, it's giving off light, so I'm getting these light flashes, and I'm just dumbfounded. Like, oh my life, I've been looking for this. And this was my my genesis moment. It's like, now I'm a knower. Now I know they're here. I know because I can see them. It's right in front of me. This saucer is just sitting there, absolutely soundless, not a sound, just sitting there, hovering above this tree. And it's you know, pretty close. And I'm just amazed. And I'm looking at it probably for about 15 seconds. And I think, I got to see this with my own eyes. I lowered the binoculars. And I can see the stars. I can see the tree. I can see the sky, but there's nothing there. Put up the binoculars, boom, it's there. Put them down, it's gone. Up, they're there, down, it's gone. And then it, it just dawned on me. It's like, oh my God, they can cloak. They can hide from our native light spectrum, our eyes see. They can be invisible to us. And now it's just like, not only are they real, but I just got this epiphany of like, oh my God, they could always be around. They could be hovering above your house and you wouldn't know it they're silent and and there's no no way to observe them without that aid and so I, i'm looking and then lowering the binoculars looking lowering the binoculars and then it hits me i'm a, I, i'm i'm here looking at them but i'm about the only thing going on in this whole valley for miles chances are they're up there looking at me it's like wait a minute oh wait a minute it's, and i decided they're sitting there with their their infrared and they <laughs> Lower down, and he goes. He just peed himself again. You remember yeah. when he did that when he heard the Bigfoot? And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been watching this one. He's got an active bladder. Oh, but, I think that, I, I think that uh, the scariest part of that story is did is if they came to a realization that you that knew that they could cloak. Yeah, and it's like, I, you yeah, know I, what? that's one of these guys. We're gonna have to pick him up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was standing out there, and I'm like, you know, I, I thought about it, but I was like, you know, I don't think I need any probing tonight. I'm going to go inside. Yeah, so, right, yeah. <laughs> Time to bring out that was, probe. It was, it was game over. I went inside, locked the doors, and I paced for about three hours or so. 
I couldn't sleep that night. I just had to pace around going, oh my God. And I'm checking out the blinds to see if anything's happening. But as far as I know, that's the whole experience. I don't I don't have any like missing time or lost, you know, memories or anything like that. I just eventually nodded off for maybe uh, an hour or so until the morning and, and then went on my day. But it was just this amazing experience. So here's the question. There. So yeah. how many other people have had similar experiences and never tell anybody? Who just never tell? I mean, for me, right. and I'm not saying I would do this, but but you know, you pick up the phone. Who are you going to tell? You call yeah, the Air right. Force, man. You call the Air Force. They showed up and, and shook down the lady who got dragged by the lizard lady. Remember? Oh yeah. Another podcast. Right. Look, the Air Force showed up. So I guess the question is, who do you call? I mean, you call the sheriff's department. You call the National Guard. I don't even have the number for the National Guard. How would you even call the National Guard? I mean, it isn't like you can say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to call the Air Force." And you're mm-hmm. going to get somebody on the line. They're going to say, "Oh yeah, there's a there's a bogey. Well, we're going to scramble some jets." You can't right. do that. Well, here's I think the most fascinating thing about his whole story is that it was there the whole time, <laughs> and, he, and he just yeah. couldn't see it. How many times have people been out there like me? Mm-hmm. I had a place out in the desert. I know the sky he's talking about. Mm-hmm. When you're out in the mm-hmm. desert at night with a telescope in the back of your pickup truck, coyotes around you, and you can't see them walking around mm-hmm. out in the desert, but they're there. They're they're coming because they're fascinated by your truck or whatever they smell you, what have you, but you can hear them. But when you look yeah. up in that sky out there in that desert, there is no ambient light around nowhere. You see mm-hmm. stars and things that you do not see in the city. You see things right. that look like somebody just dumped a mist amongst the stars. Which no, is, I've never been out there, but can you like unreal. see? Can you like see the arms of the Milky Way? You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, something. if you if you're in that position to see that, you can see a lot more with the naked eye than you can possibly see uh, here in the city. Like mm-hmm. I said, you can see the nebulous material up there. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. So this is the game changer for for Brenton. This is it. This is now you know. Now you mm-hmm. you've seen on the other side of the curtain. Yeah, yep. you know, and now yeah. you know, and so, and, and I guess that's the big question. Is like for me with my dogman experience when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Now I know that that stuff's real. What mm-hmm. else is real? Right. right. I mean, what else is real? And how many people like me that's been looking at the sky didn't have no night vision or anything, and we I'm looking at stars, but yet there could have been something else up there that could be cloaked. Right. The, right. the only thing that's missing from the story is if he would have, as he put the binoculars up and he could see that thing. Try to hide behind the tree a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and then he no, would know. Hide. And then he would know. Then it's he would already know hiding to the naked eye. It know obviously enough people have been abducted or whatever, where it probably knows our spectrum of light, what we can see, um, oh, yeah. and and works with a cloaking device within that spectrum. Well, so you know that, though, it, but, you but know, it, if it, Grover Grover, I, I turned him on to this uh, when David Pilates uh, missing. 411 hunted mm-hmm. right here in Ohio in Lima, Ohio, where I've been. I used to live actually. Mm-hmm. There was a, a lady that was out yeah. hunting in the woods and she saw what can only be described as like the predator yeah. from the movie Predator with its cloaking ability with the yeah. ambient light. And she sees it going tree to tree. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. in that very same night, the marching band was practicing at the football stadium. And there's this huge ball of light that just hovers above the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like either they were picking somebody up or dropping somebody off. But what's interesting about that is what's Brent saying is this, whatever it was, has mm-hmm. cloaking ability. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's such to make the Klingons jealous. <laughs> right. 
Well, so. somebody somebody had to have information to think up things like that we find in the Star Trek world. Cloaking mm. devices, no, uh, no, come on. handheld, well, handheld communicators, oh. and things like that. Well, you think about it though, like our military technology, the the, the B fifty two or whatever the the bomber that that is invisible to radar. It's sure. not cloaking, but right. it's cloaking to radar. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so from that point on, where did you go from there? I mean, now you know. The, <laughs> I mean, what do you go? I mean, I mean well, what do you go after that? I mean, the, the world changes for you at that point. I, yeah. I'll tell you, the first thing I did is when I got home from that trip, I went on Amazon and ordered that exact pair of binoculars. Because <laughs> you thought they might be following me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just the idea that they could be anywhere. I mean, was that the first time they were watching me? Could they be watching me more than just that moment? I didn't know. I, but I was like, the, the realization that they could be anywhere at any time, and we would have no idea. Right. And so I wanted, I wanted to go and start looking at the night sky. Now, I will tell you, that I looked up in the night sky. I actually recorded a, a segment of something uh, that I caught here right out my back door. Uh, it's nowhere near as, as magnificent as what I'm describing to you. But that's the part that killed me is that I had what I believe, if I could have recorded, would be the premier uh, UFO that would have been the pattern gimlin of the UFO world. I experienced that. It was right there in front of me. And it, you know, it was this incredible moment. But since the binoculars didn't have a record function, I mean, it was it could only be a personal experience. Now, I get people reaching out to me all, all the time that have heard this story, and they're like, what brand did you use? What what binoculars exactly did you have? Because I'm going to order those. And I, I'm, I always correct people. I'm like, you know, they're only Generation 1 night vision. There's nothing so special about them. The, for the record, in case anybody out there listening wants to know, they're, they're a night owl brand. Mm-hmm. They're about yeah, Now they're about $600 or something like that. So, so they're, they're pretty good, but there's no record function. I would encourage anybody that is out there thinking of, of getting a pair get you know there's a couple hundred dollar ones that are really highly rated that have the record feature built in you just have to click a button and you could bring in something just so astronomically amazing and show people i just the only thing i wish is i could i couldn't bring anybody else to that experience other than sitting here telling the stories you know but i have i have since so what i've done is i've actually rigged up a, a gopro knockoff to sit in one of the eyepieces and then i can look through the other one and i've caught i've caught some interesting things most of them are really really high altitude stuff moving around doing change of directions and and crazy like crisscrossing patterns that are almost look like they're going to impact and yeah. i can't imagine you know there's a lot going on here i'm pretty sure of it but i i just encourage people if you have the means Try to get a night vision binoculars or, or set up and look up at that sky because right. I think there's a hell of a lot more going on that we know. Yeah, George Norrie even talked about that on his show one night. Uh, he oh, went out. Okay. Yeah, he went out with uh, somebody. I can't think of the gentleman's name off the top of my head, but the guy said that he has night vision and he sees UFOs all the time. So it actually mm-hmm. piqued his interest enough where he met up with this guy. Paid for one of the go out on one of the expeditions and came back and reported on his show. And he talked about mm-hmm. it. He says, I don't know what they were, but they were making right hand turns. It looked yeah. like a galactic war going on out there. And when you look up yes. with your with your naked eye, you can see nothing. Right. Yeah. It's so crazy. it's like yeah. And he had this gentleman at the time, he was using generation two night vision. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. They're yeah. here, folks. I, I know they're here. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know what they want. Uh, maybe they've always been here, and we're just finally becoming aware of them. So, so let uh, me run something by you, because from a theory standpoint, and, and, okay. and I've, I've been debating 
someone I, whose name will not be mentioned on the air because they probably don't want their name mentioned on the air. Okay. <laughs> but I, I've been debating this. That look, if, from a basic physics standpoint, the nearest star system to us is what Alpha Centauri, which is what four point three light years away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would mean if you know, given today's get given any type of normal propulsion system, it would be impossible to travel there. Unless you could travel at the speed of light or you had some sort of gravity drive where you could bend space time. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that what we're seeing and the reason why it cloaks and stuff like that, we're not seeing aliens. We're seeing ourselves from the future that is going back in time. We figured out in the future time travel and we're coming mm-hmm. back in time and observing for whatever reason that may be. And the reason why I theorize that is because yeah, the universe is, is just unimaginably large, just just unthinkably large. But the distances, mm-hmm. and for some civilization, that even if they were a million years more advanced than what we were, with I mean, finding our planet is more is is more than finding the needle in the haystack. I mean, the odds that you're going to find our little tiny planet and our solar system and our galaxy, to me, it. it the you know twenty thousand years from now we figure out time travel ten thousand years from well, now. why are you coming back to to watch what we're doing now well that's well from <laughs> a historical <laughs> standpoint we don't okay so we don't we don't know so I what mean, are, like are these are what we reading in the in the history books did this really happen in twenty twenty was it really that bad we're well no but but think of this way <laughs> suppose okay suppose this suppose you're suppose we're a thousand years in the future and, and mm-hmm. our plan is completely shot it's a shot planet. And they say, well, listen, why don't we go back in time and see what it was that caused this cataclysmic, you know, greenhouse effects or whatever. And maybe we can influence people at that time, do different things, and then that changes people. Changes know, the time. Changes the time. Yeah, change, yeah it's, it's a butterfly See, the, okay. the, the fly in that ointment is... is we're human beings, and we don't listen to anything anybody tells us for our own. Well, good. speak. Well, that's talking why about they're yourself. not contacting no. us. That's why, why they're not coming back. <laughs> so probably listen, just doing yeah. changes and making things because they know what needs to be done. And All by right, telling so Brent, us, it might mess things up. Brent, jump in. Give yep. us your take. UFOs, yep. us from the future, or greys, or lizard people, or someone from another solar system. You have thirty I, I, seconds. I, I, have, <laughs> I have to believe. I mean, if you look at look at our progress in the last you know, 60 years, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've moved that fast and that far and it, and it's geometric. I mean, our, our progress is geometric and, you know, we can do things now that in the 1800s, they would have probably burned us at a, at a stake for, um, mm-hmm. just to be mentioning, cause that would have been witchcraft and devilry and magic and, and all of that. And, and now it's commonplace. I mean, you, you, you your phone is connected to everybody in the world. Um, right. you know, you can flip a switch and, you know, make your, your space nice and warm or cold. And we can jump into cars and planes and, you know, we have all of this and this, and this is a relatively short time period. All of right. this changes happen, but it compiles, it compiles upon itself and it multiplies upon itself. So what does a million years of advancement look like? I mean, yeah. I don't think, I don't think we can possibly understand what that capacity means. So I, I, I do, I do leave, you know, believe that yeah at some point we'll probably figure out it's time and we'll probably do just that and maybe that accounts for some of it but i think i think probably the universe is teeming with life we just are so far removed from it and within our capabilities and our understanding because we have a real strict criteria for what does life mean 
And I don't even know if we can understand all of the forms that life could take. If it's if it's an energetic-based life, could they move, you know, naturally at the speed of light? And could they develop technologies to move many times faster than that? Well, I think and, we presume we, we presume that everything that would be life in other in other planets is carbon-based. Sure, because we we're yeah. carbon-based. But right, and and piggyback what you just said. The Wright brothers' first flight was 1903 at Kitty Hawk. Sure. And yep. literally in 66 years later, we put a man on the moon. Right. And if that's, you believe that's that, just, but there's people who don't. But but in sure. theory, but we, we go to outer space, or we go to space now. We go to space in less than 70 years. Yeah. And that's a huge leap. And then that's just with some rudimentary understanding of technology and how is that compiling and, and how is that multiplying itself and you know when when ai is developing things and you know and that's a scary thing itself don't get me wrong but but uh you know how much how much quicker will technology evolve and it and it's you know starts with a basic understanding so i don't know i i I can't say what they are where they are from all of that i think that there's probably more than one source for this stuff Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know we're just kind of along for the ride at this point we're on the we're in the cheap seats looking down but uh, i think we'll move up yeah, and we're just assuming that they're just they've just been coming around since the forties. You know, when sure. they've if they've been here since the forties that we think of, they've been here probably since the very beginning. Well, you, know? you look at some of the some of the strange mummies from South America and stuff. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. something mummified down there that's not us. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, well, interestingly, when you look at when you look at archaeological ruins and stuff like that of all these different mm-hmm. civilizations, all of them have some sort of uh, glyph of what looks to be like a spaceman wearing a space helmet. Mm-hmm. They, they all have, yeah. yeah, they all have these. And these, these are civilizations separated by separated by hundreds, even thousand of years, and and halfway across mm-hmm. civilizations that never would have ever had any contact. Nope. But yet they sure. have the same drawings. Now, mm-hmm. is that time travel, or is that Maybe. you know that's I, I'm obviously I'm just throwing a theory out there that you'd love sure. the time travel i like the time travel thing man because i'd love to be able to time travel i i think it's fascinating too believe me i think that you know I, I, throughout the course of doing the show i've covered thousands of and thousands of stories of uh you know different phenomenon and uh, I, i'm really fascinated by the ones where people are in a forest and they turn right and all of a sudden they're in a whole different ecosphere and everything's changed with day was night you know and and they're where they were in a forest they're in a jungle and things like that just from turning so it's like you know there's obviously a natural precedent of some kind where the laws of physics as we understand them break down and things like that happen and maybe a future version of ourselves will have that all sorted out and maybe that that network of weirdness expands throughout the known universe well the one thing we know we know that 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 science science has physical laws we understand the physical world we understand physics well, our, our right our science but but our, our own mind. science our own science also knows that the laws of physics break down at right. the at the molecular level that you start when you, that's where you get into quantum physics and we know mm-hmm. that the rules that apply at our level do not apply at the quantum level we know that now why right. that is and how that affects time slips, uh, you know, portals, uh, wormholes, uh, mm-hmm. time travel. We have no idea, but we do know, even with our rudimentary, if, you know, if there's civilizations that are a million years more advanced, us, we do know at the quantum level, the laws of physics break down and do not apply. Mm-hmm. So or when, they assemble, assemble to, the, to the expectations of the observer. 
you know, which could also potentially, you know, change everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just you brought know. up time slips. Are you gonna are you gonna beat him to teasing us with it by throwing it out there and make slips? <laughs> this is fascinating. See now, Jason, he's he's this this is Jason's area of expertise. Jason's yeah. a very cerebral guy, very smart guy, reads all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, and he's sitting around bored with all this Bigfoot stuff. He's like, finally, I get to sink my teeth into some quantum <laughs> mechanics. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, uh, you know, I had a time slip. Uh, well, I think it's more of a space slip. And if you guys would like, I'll share that with you. And it's not a really long story, but it, nonetheless, it was incredibly profound. Um, and I, thank God I had a witness with me, because if I didn't, I would have thought that I, <laughs> I might have stroked out or something. But <laughs> mm-hmm. what happened? What happened was I was I, I have two older children. Uh, my oldest child is now 25, and my my middle child is. 19 and then I got a five-year-old so yeah do the math (laughs) (laughs) I got them spread out pretty pretty uh pretty well but um the the way it was through my two older children uh, god this is gonna get really autobiographical anyway I was bringing my my middle child by the way I don't know I gotta figure out how to tell this without you know like uh needing the couch but um my 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 oldest son and i were driving my middle son back to his mom's house and it was during a blizzard in minnesota and it was horrible it was absolutely horrible like the uh, if you're not familiar with blizzards ladies and gentlemen it's basically you're driving along a road that you assume is still the road but you're not quite sure but you can't see more than four or five feet ahead of your car Mm -hmm. so you're crawling along and it was terrible and uh, but i you know I didn't, you know, I, I knew I had to get my son home because he, had, you know, his life was with his mom during the weeks and stuff. So I, we got him home, and it was a, about a forty-five minute drive on a good day, and it turned into like an hour and a half for this day, just making that same journey. Um, but we we're coming back, and of course, it's getting worse as time goes on. More snow, harder snow, heavier winds, and uh, we're driving back. And we got about halfway back, uh, and about a mile or two ahead of where we were. I knew where we were because I saw that we passed through a little town on the route. So we were just past this town. Now coming up another mile and a half or two miles ahead of that point is this this valley. And it's got this almost hairpin kind of turn, at least half a hairpin. You got to turn all the way to the right and go down this valley where you know, there's embankments on both sides. It's you know pretty wide, but you can't see anything and slippery and stuff. And then it turns, it does a, 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 a sharp turn to the left to bring you back to a, a straight. And uh, I was absolutely terrified about this coming up. And I'm, you know, thinking, okay, well, we, you know, we'll just go really slow. We'll get through this, you know, we'll make it, you know, we'll make it, we'll be fine. And uh, all of a sudden we're driving along and I'm doing probably 10 miles an hour at the most. And suddenly I see a, a sign that says, welcome to Hay Creek. I'm like, that should have been two miles again ahead of the, the twist in the road. So somehow I didn't turn the wheel at all. So I was going straight. That was all I was doing. But somehow I managed to take uh, to miss that entire section of road and emerge another two miles ahead to where it was just straight again. I was like, oh, my God. And, and, and the funny thing was it was my oldest son that said, Dad, what just happened? And I'm like, I don't know. But somehow we missed that that point in the road. That I, you know, I'm not saying we would have been killed. There would have been, you know, but it was, it was going to be a problem because it was a, it was a blizzard. Who knows what would happen if we rolled down that embankment, or you know, would we have lived? Would we have been injured and hurt and stuck, you know, or whatever? But it was like somehow we skipped that part of the journey. 
I had a very, very similar experience. I've never probably told you guys because it, it just didn't make any sense. I was driving back from Lima, which Ohio people know. I was driving from Lima to Bucyrus, and it, it was so foggy. It was just so foggy, you could hardly see three foot in front of your car. And I was worried because I was driving a 1980 Chevette. <clears throat> Why were you? Come on. That should be the least thing that worries you in this story is well, a 1980 Chevette. The, the point is I'm driving it, and it, it, could barely, it could barely go 55 miles an hour anyways. And my Ooh. worry was, because this was before they put the, the, the big four lane. Yep, yep. So it's a two-lane road. And my worry was that it was so foggy that a semi was going to hit me from behind. Oh, yeah. Because it would, I, be, wouldn't see it would never have seen me. Because, you know, everybody knows the Chevettes are so small. Mm-hmm. And Jason, who drove big rigs for a living, owned a trucking company, he knows mm-hmm. this. What's scary is I, I'm driving like 10 miles an hour because I mm-hmm. literally cannot see anything in front of me. And I couldn't see, like, if a semi was coming at me, I could not see its headlights until it was, you know, right, like really close to me. And so I'm white knuckling this thinking, Oh my gosh. And I finally say to myself, I'm going to, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, Grover, you've been by this. It, there's a, there was like a, like a, I don't know, like a restaurant or something. And there was a big, uh, sign for, for advertising. It had a big light on it. And I finally said to myself, I'm going to pull into that parking lot and I'm just going to set this out because this is just way too dangerous. And I, and I knew that it was probably about five miles away. And so I'm creeping along, creeping along, creeping along. And from that point, from that sign to the next town is Upper Sandusky, yeah. which is a good 25 miles away. You're talking about the corner there at Riverdale. Yeah, right Fort there. Fort you Fort know Fort. where that is. Yeah. So I'm driving, I'm driving, and I'm thinking, where is this sign? And I drove probably 10 miles an hour. And the next thing I know, I'm in Upper Sandusky. Like <laughs> I skipped 30 minutes of the drive. And there's wow. no and there's no way. And I and I remember getting home and telling my mom. And my mom just looked at me like, whatever. Like literally, <laughs> like wouldn't even let me tell the stories. It's like, whatever. And for years that, that was like, there's no way mm-hmm. I could have traversed that much highway there's no i mean i made the trip i made the trip in yeah. record time going 10 miles an hour and i never passed that giant sign because yeah. i was going to pull in something and to wild. this day to something this day i don't know for you yeah. to this day I, I have no idea now yeah. if that's a time slip or what i don't know but but the weird thing is brent you're telling the story and you're in a blizzard mm-hmm. which is you know if it's a whiteout type thing and i'm in just a dense fog oh yeah so, so you wonder if the weather conditions Right, play some sort of, tri- you know the. I mean, you know when you're driving in the in the blinding snow, mm-hmm. and you just totally lose all, you know, track of. Oh yeah. Even where. You're, oh, you so, do. Yeah. So and it's like disorienting. You just wonder if that somehow messes with your head, and you don't. You don't realize you don't, that you actually traverse that, that much time. Yeah. Or is that have or does extreme weather have something to do with with the because the energy because the energy the energy from the storms yeah. does it have something to do with magnetic pull? Uh, you know, you talk like Bermuda Triangle type stuff, yeah. or, or the Ala- better yet, the Alaskan Triangle. You know, they talk about the Alaskan Triangle. Yeah. You talk about ma- magnetic fields and stuff like that, and, and how magnetic fields affect time. Yeah, mm-hmm. what was you going to say, Brent? Well, I was going to say that uh, you know, if you had just ended up in like Cleveland 
or something, <laughs> or some, some random place, <laughs> yeah. then I would yeah. say, yeah, it could be just some function of, of physics or quantum physics or something. But in both of our cases, we felt like we were in danger. And right. there was, there was a, I mean, it seems both of the events went exactly as they needed to do to remove us from that danger. So there was like an intelligence behind it. It wasn't just a random event. It was an aimed event. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, that yeah, was like, strange. Like maybe your heightened sense of, of danger created an energy that colliding with it the weather. It might have triggered it. Energy yeah. maybe. Right. Or was there a UFO hovering above the storm oh, and it said, hey, listen, we see you. We can't have this guy. And you don't pants again, peeing his pants again. I don't know, but it was very strange. And I tried, and like I said, I tried to tell my brother, I tried to tell my mom, and literally nobody listened whatsoever. Just, eh. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You're the first person I've th- that has told a story that that resonated, that brought back that, yeah. that story. It's like, whoa, that's very similar to experience. And right so, do, so do you and your son talk about that experience now and still kind of? We have, yeah. We're both still scratching our head at what happened. Um, but we both acknowledge still that it happened, and it was a very real event. Again, I'm glad he was with me because if I was alone, I would have thought, did I nap for part of this? How did this work? Because suddenly I was in a place I wasn't expecting to be at for quite a while. And, uh, you know, just really cool. But it does. It seems like, uh, you know, perhaps a divine intervention, perhaps some someone just looking out and, and giving, throwing a bone, you know? Yes. Well, and... <clears throat> So we so we mentioned this time slip, and I want to tell all of our listeners that you have, and it's not it's what four or five episodes ago where you do a whole episode on time slips that I heard that mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's it's a great oh, episode, you. and so I mean I'd strongly encourage all of our listeners go check out that episode on the paranormal portal because it's great. Well, there's it's, you oh, know, and, and crossing over to the cryptid stuff. You know, I've I've watched enough cryptid shows where they talk about people losing time, losing mm-hmm. time when mm-hmm. in in the presence of, of Sasquatch, and and that's going to take down a whole nother, <laughs> you know, supernatural component to the whole Sasquatch theory. Um, sure. Not going down the orbs and stuff like that, but there are there are people with accounts of Sasquatches in the area, and they lose hours, like they mm-hmm. lose hours, that like either time slipped by or. Well, it's the right. reason if you can gain time, you could also lose time. Right. right. Well, keep in mind, time is... Doesn't exist. No, time is right. a, it, time is, is something that we've... We, yeah, we, we've created time as a measurement for our lives. Mm-hmm. But time doesn't really exist. For the post office to be on my back every second of when the time day. When time doesn't <laughs> exist, what are they talking about? Right. Yeah, but... Yeah. And then never... So th- should I use that to the people that still haven't received their... Boxes for Christmas. <laughs> what you do is, you know, hey, listen, is how do I even know Christmas happened? No, what no, you tell no... them is that, is that time's not linear. It's not linear. Yeah. It doesn't run yeah. in a straight line. It's a flat circle. So therefore, they've already gotten their gifts. It'll get here when it gets here. It already All got right. there once. It'll, it'll time will come back. You already got it once. They enjoyed it. Had a great time with it. It'll yeah. come back around. So, <laughs> but so so, Brian, I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you on the spot since I just mentioned that that time slip episodes. You know, one of my favorite episodes that I've heard you do. What are some of your favorite episodes that you've done that if our listeners want to go check out uh, some other episodes of yours? Like, wh- what would you like if you could only pick like three? Like, it's like, like Sophie's Choice. Yeah. You, you got to pick your favorite child. One of them is getting killed. <laughs> but, if you, but if you could only say, hey, everybody go, these are my th- some three of my favorite, you know, so you don't have to, you know, 
make anybody feel bad. I, I think, you know, honestly, one of my favorite parts of doing the show personally is when I get, uh, you know, people calling in or coming on the show that have had experiences. I love to talk to people with firsthand experiences to share because, I mean, that's a chance to look into, you know, their experience through their eyes, through their words. And, you know, I, I noticed that people describe events differently or uniquely. And somebody may have noticed something that nobody else noticed. And, and by just mentioning it, it kind of makes, makes some more sense of this, of this weirdness to me. But um, I guess if I was going to recommend episodes, any of them that people have appeared on, which would be, you know, hundreds of them. But, um, you know, of course, I, I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Linda Godfrey, uh, Vic Cundiff, um, who, who else? Uh, Bear, Jim Bear King. Uh, your, your, so, your episode with Wes, I've yeah. shared with a bunch of people because the story he tells about that took place over <sighs> in Vietnam Oh my God! Isn't that something? That oh. that is like that That's is like the, of, is that the rock ape? No, 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 right. no, no. This is the giant. Oh, okay. No, yeah, there's a Candor. yeah. The, the rock apes, of course, are, are over there as well, according to some veterans. But these are these are literally like 15 foot giants Whoa. that were assault, assaulting a village, and uh, he he talked to the gentleman who was there and experienced it, but that gentleman never did want to go public himself with it. Wasn't he and, like a uh, colonel? Wasn't he like a colonel yes, or something? Yes. Yeah. And yep. by the and, way, by the way, Brett, two of the people I shared that episode with are sitting mm-hmm. in the room with me and it's obvious they didn't take the time or my recommendation <laughs> to listen to that. Episode. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. That was a hell of a story. And it's, it's and fantastic. it's, it's shocking. It's, it's scary to even hear because you have to imagine somebody witnessed this. I mean, what would that be like? And it's kind of like any other paranormal event. It's it's one thing to go to a group of people and say, "Hey, I just saw this this uh, this shadow move across my wall." And it's like, "Oh, did you? Okay." But if you're the person seeing the shadow move across your wall, it's huge. It's it changes your paradigm. It it redefines reality. And and I can't imagine what it would be like to look at something 15 and 20 feet tall, like biting people in half and terrorizing an entire village. I just I can't imagine the horror. You know? Yeah. That, and, I mean, that uh, was that was a. <laughs> That was an amazing like so so I I will tell everybody go check that episode out for sure because that episode <laughs> was fantastic because yeah. everybody he every story he told from his show was I mean it was like three of the best stories that, yes I mean yeah. I mean it really was for sure so and it was awesome to have an opportunity to review those with him um, but yeah and I would recommend. Uh, uh, the Linda Godfrey ones, the Vic Cundiff, the, um, we, we actually, Donald Raymond Schmidt has been on our show a couple of times. And if you're not familiar with him, he's and and you can find these both as our, on our podcast and on our YouTube, because I ported uh, some episodes over to the podcast from YouTube. But, uh, Donald Raymond Schmidt is uh, one of the premier researchers of the Roswell incident. And if you ever want to have your, your, your bacon cooked, Listen to that, those episodes, the, the detail and the information that he goes into where he's talking about what actually happened there. And it's like it's, it's it was a really, really profound and, and amazing event and a series of really disturbing sequences afterwards. Um, and that, that really shocked me because, you know, you, you hear about Roswell. It's like, oh, yeah, saucer went down and, and then the military came and picked it up and the end. And it's that's not the end. There's so much more to that story and details and, and levels and layers of it that it just really cooked my bacon. Well, so we'll, so on the UFO topic, and this is something I, you know, with all the information that's been presented by the government in the last mm-hmm. year, year and a half, you know, it, 
the or the uh, major Farver, you know, video from the you know the Tic Tac video, then sure. the admission that you know there's off world vehicles in our possession, not of this mm-hmm. world, not of this yeah, world, not of this world, <laughs> yeah. and and you having seen with you know with your own eyes mm-hmm. and the assistance of the uh, binoculars, like sure. and then talking to all these different people who have you know, done the investigations and done the research and had experiences. What do you think is coming next with that? I don't know. You know, I, I, I've got to say, I don't know. I don't know if a lot has actually changed. And I don't know that they're, I think their admissions are powerful from the, from the government place, but I don't, I don't think it really changes the game for a lot of us enthusiasts because, you know, we've known they're out there. We've heard the testimonials from, you know, hundreds and thousands of people that what they've seen and witnessed. And, and I think the official acknowledgement is fine. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would like to think that, well, apparently according to, according to what I understand, we're, we're supposed to have like 180 days yes. until full disclosure, according yeah. to the, the provision that was snuck into the, the COVID bill, but we'll see if that actually happens because I think it just takes two words, national security to negate that, you know, or to make sure that what we get is so redacted that you really can't make heads or tails of it. We had this, we, we roundtable this, one of our very first episodes, we, we weren't recording, we were just sitting around roundtabling about this very issue. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that, that, that jumped off the page to me was, if the government comes out and says, hey, look, there are races, a species of things from other worlds that are coming to this world, what does that do as far as... Uh, establish religion. I mean, what does that do to, the, to and, and I'm just going to throw this out there. What does that sure. do to the Catholic church? <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, say, I, think, I mean, if you, if you say, they you become, people, they're the biggest landowners in the world. They just become, well, landlords. no, suppose you just say, suppose you just say, Hey, listen, you know, you know, everything that you've just read in the Bible, you know, that, yeah, yeah. The, you know, Ezekiel saw the wheel. Yeah. But guess what? They were aliens. So yeah. your God doesn't exist. Sorry about that. And uh, sure. you can go ahead and quit tithing. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. in, in what what profound? Or do, you spin, or do you spin it and say, "Yes, we've known this all along, but we, but you need to tithe more because yeah. we know how to how to protect." Yeah, but, you but from so what I'm saying is, what does what does an admission like that do to establish religion? You know, if it was if it was a few decades ago, I would say it would definitely have floored a lot of people. Um, I, I think that's. We've seen in many ways uh, a reduction of the role of religion in, in in many of our population as far as shaping, you know, their their direct conduct or the way that they view the world around them. I I don't think I, I don't think that um, religion. I don't know. I guess it depends on the scope of the of the believer. I would say it depends on the scope of the faith, but faith is faith, faith is relative. And and because we have a book like uh, for you know me, I've got a Christian background. Because I have a book called the Bible, that doesn't mean that that's the compendium of all information ever. The end. It's just it was a, it was a book set up to uh, guide people in that faith throughout the course of their you know existence. With you know, and I'm probably going to get a lot of feedback on this and I'm not trying to speak as a religious scholar or anything, but I think that, you know, all of our books are, and all of our faiths are meant to help us on a journey. Well, you know, uh, the fact that there's more out there, I don't think the Bible, eh, well, people may disagree with this, but I don't think that, I, I think that for most people, it'll, it'll just be uh, another day in the week because many people believe anyway, in spite of those religions, 
And uh, the number of people that, that acknowledge that there's intelligent life out there, I think, is in the 60-some percentile or better. Yes. So I think pe- people already have room in it in their, for their paradigms. It just may, it just may redefine you know, the, the allegories uh, that have been put into play about the religious dawns and, and beginnings. So what you're saying is the fact that, the fact that uh, and I saw in, in Brian Cox, you know, the, mm-hmm. the astrophysicist, and they, he was on, I don't know, I like watching his stuff, but they asked him about that, and he says, well, you know, the, the, the fact that there may be alien life doesn't, doesn't prove or disprove that Judeo-Christian religion is, is true or false. It just doesn't. Right. Yeah. It doesn't prove, yeah. it doesn't prove either way. And back to this issue of faith and stuff like that, but, but over one half the world's religions do not have a central deity. You know, Buddhist and sure. uh, and Hindus, yep. they they believe in a, in basically a universal force, whether it's in through enlightenment or moksha or whatever it is. They, mm-hmm. I don't think that would affect them at all. Um, right. But you start well, you know, talk about other religions, Christianity, Islam, uh, Judaism, all have the same central deity. Yeah, they but you know, prophets. I think I think that you know theistic uh, religions. Yeah. Right. I think that's part of the part of the uh, part of the dynamic of that is that people may have to come to the conclusion that, you know, a, a divine light of God didn't appear to a bunch of shepherds and try to to explain nuclear physics and and uh, quantum mechanics and you know all things that they couldn't possibly understand or or you know put together. So it gave them a representation of that to explain. Here we are. This is how it happened. And you know this is what's important. So I'm not saying that they're not all divine, divinely inspired. I'm sure they are, but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't go to uh, a small village in Kenya and try to teach them how to. Uh, and that, God, that maybe isn't the best example. And let me rephrase well, you that. You just, just I, shot I, down I, all the missionaries, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> yeah. No. I. But you wouldn't go into a, you know a primitive village and try to. Uh, teach them how to program a computer right away. I mean, no, you know, people, right. they wouldn't have that understanding. And so I think the the information was given to them in a form that they could understand and write down and pass on. And, you know, the fact that we've maybe learned a little more since then, I don't think is a deal breaker. All right. It's like trying to teach your two-year-old how a supercomputer works. It's, it's like, right? us. Yeah. It's like yeah. us trying to figure out, <clears throat> are these aliens time travelers or <laughs> coming from another planet? We're we're doing it with the information we have. Right. We, we have, have at the right. time. And maybe right. that information is being bled to us at a at, in small bites to prepare us <laughs> for a for a understanding somewhere down the road. But right. Brent, it didn't strike you kind of odd though in what was it, July when they came out and said made the remark the Pentagon did about the, the off world vehicles? It, yeah. I mean, it does. And nobody cared. I celebrated. <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> I know. You celebrate, but nobody, like, nobody made a big deal. No, about that it. should have been the front page of every new. That, that should have been the front yeah. page of every news source in the world, and it just wasn't. It, no, no. It's almost like they said, "Okay, yeah. why don't we wait to leak this out when there's all this other crap going on? Other crap going on. Yeah, all yeah. this chaos. Kind of be, yeah. yeah, and this is kind of, like people. I'll give you an yeah. example. I, I think people. I think people are more worried about getting a six hundred dollar stimulus check. Right. Then they are worried about whether or not there's but intelligent it, but life. But it goes back to it goes back to what Brett said is like if they did come out and it doesn't really affect everybody. Like we still yeah. got to go to work, right? You know, it it's not like, like the aliens stop. are coming down and it's going. Hey, guess what? Nobody has to work. Yeah. Money doesn't matter. 
Everybody, yep. you know, you don't really own anything. Now, if they show up with this with this mantra of to serve man, okay, well, I'm going to be a little nervous about that. We're on to that. Well, that Twilight Zone <laughs> yeah. episode right there, but especially yeah. when they keep weighing me and trying to fatten me up. <laughs> I yeah. do that Is that what you've been doing? You've been preparing. I've I been on the alien diet. Yeah, I've been on the alien diet. I just keep getting heavier and heavier. <laughs> uh, well, Brent. Uh, this has been. Fa- I mean, I think we could talk to you for well. Like hours we said, we, we, we take left turns, and we had yeah. no intention of going into quantum mechanics and or religion, or religion. Or <laughs> but that's that's the base of our show. It's very organic, and you know we. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate you coming on and and hanging out with us because I, I yes I mean, we do yeah I mean. Especially Jason, this is right up his alley. Yeah, this is this has been it right here. I mean, he's been smiling the whole time. I'm like, what? This is right in his <laughs> porthole. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ooh, hey, I usually get dinner first. <laughs> well, do you want to? So, do you want to let our listeners know, like, where they can they can find all your stuff, your shows, yeah. catalog, and, and everything. stuff on YouTube? Yeah, I would love to. As a matter of fact, uh, you guys can catch the Paranormal Portal. We are on youtube.com slash paranormal portal is our live streams. Uh, and you can find our podcast everywhere. I think it's, I think it's on all the, all the platforms out there. If it's Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, uh, Google play, uh, wherever we're just do a search for paranormal portal and you should find us. But, uh, if you want to follow what we're doing, uh, currently we don't have a main page yet. I haven't developed a webpage yet for the paranormal portal, but, um, we do post quite regularly on Facebook. So facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio. You can follow us at Twitter, but I'm a terrible tweeter just for the record. Um, so you'll probably only see show postings over there, but, uh, that is, uh, at paranormal portal P O R T L. And we're on me. We are on uh, power parlor. Um, yeah, I guess you just got to look for paranormal portal. You should find us, but, uh, if any of you out there uh, want to find us, that's how you do it. I strongly encourage all of all of our listeners to go check uh, the Paranormal Portal out. And just a little tidbit, and I and I called Brent out on this. The theme music for the Paranormal Portal is is by you, right? Do you yeah, want to give yeah all little... the music on the show. Yeah, yeah. all the music on the show. I is, thought it was uh, Yankee uh, Sax. No, God, <laughs> that's Boo Don't talk back. Randolph. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. I I, I, I wear a lot of different hats and, and the reason that I used my own music wasn't wasn't like an ego play. It was because I started using uh, using uh, songs I loved and I kept getting, you know, a bunch of slaps from YouTube about that. And and so I decided, you know what, I, I want this to grow. I want it to expand. The only way to do that is I, I write music, I you know, play music and sing. So I was like, I'll just use my own music. Nobody can take that away from me. So it was mostly just because I needed something and I, the feedback has been really cool. So I really appreciate that. But if you like the music, you can find it on Bandcamp uh, at oh. brentthomas.bandcamp.com and you can download songs there. Hey, what happens at band camp stays at band camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, it's a great like it. It immediately caught my caught my ear. I, I appreciate. Oh, cool. The, well, yeah, because there's a lot of bad music on some of these some of these podcasts. Not, and you know, not I ours. To, no, no, not no, ours. No, ours is good. No, listen, I try to listen. I, there's 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 many many podcasts out there where I will look at the subject matter and I'll say, hey, I want to list this, and I get about three minutes of just awful music. And I'm just saying, I can't listen to this no more. I'm done. I don't get past the. I mean, I don't get past the music. So it's refreshing to have good music. 
It yeah, is. Thank you. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, my hat's off to, to class that can do that. So. Mm-hmm. That's why he's the best, right? That's, That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the biggest and the best. Hey, unless Germer doesn't come up with his own original music, he just steals everybody else's. So but he's, he's at that phase where he doesn't have to anymore. He's That's like, I'll step up your game. I'm above and beyond that is what yes. he'll tell you. <laughs> well, Brett, Amen. Brett yep. thanks a lot for coming on and hanging out with Wes us. Wes can buy the rights You're... to the Beatles songs. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. I um, appreciate you guys having me, man. It's been a pleasure. I, I enjoyed talking to you. I got to tell you, I love your format because – you, you approach this the same way I do. It's just I want to have fun and, and discuss this stuff. Um, a lot of lot of shows out there, and they're fantastic shows, but they keep things real dark and brooding and stuff. And I, and I, I, like, I like this format. You guys are doing it right, man, for sure. Yeah, we appreciate that. Coming from you, we really do appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we Thanks. appreciate that. Yeah. And so yeah, can I give you then everybody that – Hammers us about our format. <laughs> I'll look at I'll say, and no, you they can say reply. you guys need to be more like Wes. <laughs> oh that God, <laughs> I hear that too. I get yeah. I get that one all the time, and I said, <clears throat> you know, the the good thing is, is that you know, I am a friend of Wes's. He's a friend of mine, and I, you know, I, Wes likes my show. So, well, uh, and, and I've know. been on Wes's show, and, yeah. and and you know, it's it's a good format, yep. and he does it the right way. Yeah, but his yeah. his style is not our style. Yeah. And no, exactly. And so you yeah. know, it's 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 taste fancy, as they say in the law. But uh, taste fancy, you know, taste they fancy? really say that. Yeah, that's, in the a, law. that's a case. Yeah, I don't know that I it would has, be involved in any law. It goes all the way back uses... to a guy that had a swimming pool installed, and he the tile color that he wanted it wasn't the right color to him. And the judge, the famous judge, Judge Learned Hand, said, Ooh. "Eh, it's taste fancy." <laughs> wow. <laughs> and on that on that note of the people's court. We will. Uh, <laughs> it's cryptid court. It's cryptid court. That's right. <laughs> hey, Brent, we really uh, appreciate you. Check that out on. on our Patreon page. Yes. Oh, God. Cryptid, cryptid shameless court. plug. Yeah. Shameless plug. On our own yes. show. So, uh, <laughs> so, Brent, thanks a lot. And I, we encourage all our listeners go check Brent out at the Paranormal Portal. You will not be sorry because he has a great show. So, Absolutely. So, so well, thanks, thank Brent. Thank you, gentlemen. And we yeah. will, uh, we'll talk. Stay in to touch. You. Yeah, we'll talk to you. Yep. Thank All right, you. guys. Take Bye-bye. care. Thanks for having me on, and you guys have a great day. Thank Thanks. you. You do the same. Bye. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.